shit. I know what we have to do. Oh, he forgot we're still in the IHOP. Anybody got eyes on cheating? Tiny boyfriend, please. I'm on it. Ah, here you go. I I just saw a trillion different realities folding onto each other like thin sheets of metal forming a single blade. Yeah, yeah, the time knife. We've all seen it. Let's get back on track, bud. Oh, okay, sure. What I was saying um, before, you know, I saw the time knife is this. Michael is right. His neighborhood gave us the chance to become better people because it removed all the variables that make life on Earth hard. Yeah, uh, there was no rent to pay, no racism, no sexism. No award show, gift suite, publicist infighting. What? Those gift suites can be a real minefield. Since my partner and I are both single divorced parents of four, we have to have dinner on the cheap. We have to really take care of our six person clan on the cheap. So we just had some hamburger helper for dinner today. Nice. And I wanted to discuss for no reason really. It got me thinking about the anatomy of the mascot of hamburger helper. You yeah. know, the little hamburger glove guy. What do you think's the deal here? Are his private parts the whole? At the bottom, or I think does he the have genitals? At the bottom leads you to his private parts. But I feel, but that's once once you get through the hole at the bottom of the thing, that's just his entire innards, his guts. Yeah, what get up in them guts. Is his genitals like? Are you is it like the hole of the little tag, or is that like a butthole? You know what I'm talking about? Well, the little tag. I think that you're assuming that the gender in the gloves they have the same kind of genitalia that we as humans have. When his eyes and mouth are suspended, I don't think I really think of any of our genitalia, like you and me as men, as mm -hmm. being an in the glove experience. I'm not sure where you're going there. Well, I, that's what I'm saying is is uh -huh. he has a whole different thing going on because you can only really go in like they right. you know how some animals can't procreate on their own well most animals can't procreate on their own well you gotta have like, another person to do some stuff there are certain animals that need assistance to like mate like they oh need, now that i'm very like, familiar with sometimes you just need to... a little help whether that's exactly like, like it uh, can't like be a, like you like can a have a kit type thing to really to Get all and the you blood can in go one place. like glove in glove like this, but it's not going to really do anything <laughs> fruitful. You really need to do an interspecies thing where you have human hand or monkey hand, ape hand with opposable thumb. I'm sorry, glove I brought situation. it up. <laughs> I'm sorry, I brought it up. I'm Hi, everybody. In the subject. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Into the Time Knife, a good place rewatch, a very important episode of our podcast mm -hmm. as we're tackling the episode of The Good Place, finally, that gives this podcast its name. I kind of realized watching the episode how it's a really, really small line that gives this podcast its name. We don't really bring yeah. it up again. But I love our podcast name, and mm -hmm. I loved watching that moment. And, it, you know, it kind of made me smile that it's me a too. little extra I connection. laughed out loud. You are the one that came up with the name of this podcast, if you remember. 
I do remember. Thank you. Thank you for You're welcome. for hearing me. Thank you for inviting. That's actually the only reason I get to co-host is because he was Zach was yeah. walking around the town square. I must think of a name for my podcast. What That's can a it great be? impression. What can it be? Ah, and then he looked at me and said, "Boy, you there, what day boy." Is it? <laughs> and I said, "I don't know. I'm gonna take a dip into the time knife." And he said, "Stop! Stop there! Come to me, boy." How would you like your life to change forever? And we did a little ape hand on the hamburger helper <laughs> mascot action. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Into the Time Knife. We're here to bring the time knife to all of you. We're all going to see the time knife and see if it looks back at us. Hi, I'm Zach. And don't text me unless you're a beautiful 53-year-old Cuban baby boy. Please, if you are, hit me up any day. That line had to have been cut from my episode, but that's great. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've never heard those words in that order in my life. But it works out. Uh, Zach, it's good to see you because I'm Steven and I am actually a reformed demon daddy. So what do I'll you mean you from the episode? That's just what's been on my mind lately. <laughs> a, a beautiful 53-year-old Cuban baby boy. It's mm-hmm. totally unrelated. Yeah. Please text me if you're 53 <laughs> years old and Cuban. Now, we can't talk about baby boys and Can we not? and 53. Did that court order go through? You're not allowed to bring it up anymore. <laughs> if we're not going to ask, Zach, oh. now is this a baby boy that likes to dress up like a 53-year-old? Or is this a 53-year-old that likes to dress up as a baby boy? I'm amazed that this line wasn't in your episode. It's Derek and Janet creating people together when they hold hands. and cre- Did you watch the right episode? Did Yeah. Janet and Derek, like, hold hands and make sex noises while they, like, create a person together. Is that I not in your episode? that happens in mine. They, like, say, okay, let's go make some people, and Jason's like... Oh, there's a whole thing after that. Okay, we'll oh, get there maybe we get there. I think I could have been not here. I don't know. You watched it, like, an hour ago, right? Yeah, you'd think I'd know. Okay, well, welcome to the podcast. We're going to unpack all that a little bit later, but we've got to start out the show, as always, by shouting out our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. It's almost the beginning of November. They charge you at the beginning of the month, no matter when you sign up for Patreon. So it's a great time to come on over and check out the Patreon for a month, whether that's as a paid member or as a free member to get a little taste of what we got going on over there. But the $10 patrons are, of course, Mary, Baker, Budisa, Danny, M, Lugo, Justin, Fortier, Little, S, Haker, and Sarah M, who she can't be real. She said nothing. I think my porn bot theory that I riffed is right. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Your, Who your, is Sarah M? Your ramblings have proven more factual than we all had hoped. I really want you guys to help us solve this mystery. Who is Sarah M? The next great CBS thriller starring Zach Pruitt. Maybe it's our long lost You Can't Disappoint a Podcast community daddy. Who is supporting us monetarily, but doesn't want to be called out for it. He doesn't like to pick favorites. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get it. How are you, Steven? It's been a few days. It's been almost a week since we've spoken to each other. I know you've got like a weird octopus suction cup on your back type thing going on. Is that something? Yeah. uh, You know, back is still What you get into on your free time. Yeah, I like to just go to, like, really fancy Japanese restaurants where, like, you pick the octopus that they right. kill. And I just go headfirst into the tank, and I'm like, wrap me up. Yeah. And I just try and get as many octopi on my body as possible. 
you pay the right dollar amount and they'll put each of the octopi in a jar and seal it. And whichever exactly. one gets out fastest, that's the one that you want to <laughs> take the life from. It's like a game of Wipeout, but with octopi. They give them like little obstacle courses. Yeah. They have to solve puzzles. And whoever. John Cena, like Nicole Byer. Squid there. Games! Holy shit. We found it, guys. Steven found got... the squid reference. Found yeah. the squid game. So tell us about your back. It's doing okay. I, uh,. Little tight here and there. If I, so Zach is really into the movie Bring It On, and there's a scene in which it's insinuated that the people are having intercourse, but really they're exercising. Um, now Zach wants to do both, so what he has me do is lay down on my back and like just grease myself up like a naughty little piggy. Why do and I, I keep just throw I just questions binge press him over, over, and over again? Everything just I've asked you down, so far has just gotten down, so depraved. All I asked you is what is the hamburger glove's penis, and you just turned it into something <laughs> fucked. Yeah. What's with you today? I don't know. You know what? what I, Zach, I have a, a confession to you. Please. I've been suffering from a bit of an addiction lately. I have been I draining have no my follow money up into this. I've been putting okay. my time. It's all I think about. Okay. Every day I You're get gonna say one piece. I search for it. Worse. Timu. Oh, sure. Timu. I it's barely like know what those, it is. Is it like Wish.com? It's like Wish. It's one of those, you know, like fast fashion made by could only be a very small child who's chained yes. to a machine. And if you don't think all chained. of that, the deals are great. The The savings are great regardless of the East Asian children. This is sounding like an ad read. Lose. I wish Timu. they'd sponsor us. I'm we really don't care about the sweatshops. What, you're trying to get... A discount on your $5 knockoff I want them to pay us for marketing. I'll do it. I have talked about it to the point that everyone I work with is getting Timu ads on their phones now. Yeah, but I, I do think you the saying the whole thing it. about child labor is going to somehow end up to us owing them money. I think they're going to no, sue no, no, us. No, no, I don't no, think no, they're no. going to offer they, they encourage I don't think they're going to be happy like, about hey, the plug we got the skin. best kids. Wish they got some bullshit kids missing hands and fingers. Our kids got all their digits. We pay them a little bit less, so they're more motivated. Yeah. And it's been great so far. Okay, so Steven's been practicing a tight 90 seconds on Timu. Let's hear yeah. it. <clears throat> Are you a maximalist? Are you a minimalist? Are you right in the middle? Then do I have the place for you. Whether you want to get a lot of stuff, a little stuff, shoes, coats, bondage, porn, Toys, pillows, anything you can think of. Mostly bondage and porn. Made by babies for big babies. Timu. Cuban 53-year-old beautiful babies. <laughs> Baby boys, yes. We got it. So what's the cheapest thing you found on Timu that should be much more expensive? Um, my backpack I got for $0.00. When I joined, they gave me like three or four things for free. I just had to pay shipping. And since then, I've not had to pay shipping once. And I've gotten some stuff for like $0.97. Cents. You're I've so falling for, for the like... scam, Steven. Well, here's the thing. The shipping was like $5 for the things. Good so method now the deal I got set up is I Recently did an episode no about this. I think they might have even used Timu, but mm -hmm. one of those websites where they played a game and were like, look at all of these items that yeah. these websites say they'll give to you for free if you pay shipping. How mm -hmm. much do they charge for shipping? How much does How this much item, item actually cost? cost from the distributor? Pennies. Mm -hmm. But, Zach. Uh, you're really sounding like I you're stuck in a pyramid scheme. I got this cute little scheme. whale. Look at that, cutie. I got the, the pretty 
canvas art piece behind me. I got this guy. Also, I got these bracelets this on my wrist. This is just all sounding very, I don't know, what's one of those... Old ladies get really into selling the pampered chef. I got and one of parties. those like strap the pads on your body and shock yourself machines. Whoa, whoa! I'm more interested in that one. <laughs> Any chance it comes with like a long uh, but narrow metal rod? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're sounding like the type of person that's gonna have like a garage full of mm-hmm. 89 boxes of Timu items, and you're like, I've yeah. saved so much money, but I've got to get every single person I know to spend six thousand dollars on their boxes, mm-hmm. and then they will sell to others to become rich. You're in a pyramid scheme, buddy. I'm gonna start my own Timu. What's yours called? <laughs> it's gonna the like name of the website is just mm-hmm. gonna be like the the letterhead is just gonna be Zach Pruitt. And it's mm-hmm. going to be your address and phone number and social security number. Okay. Yeah. So I went to a theme park yesterday. <laughs> How was that? Any kids? Tons. Looking for work? <laughs> Plenty. It was hard to ride any rides because, you know, you just have to introduce your... – by law, I have to introduce myself to each of the members of the line. And that just gets really, really hard because they think I'm cutting and I, yeah, I'm not. Like, I, I got to do this. I wish that was the reason I'm accosting you right now. No, it's way worse than if I was simply cutting you. I'm about 30 people back. You should know my address and whether that's your neighborhood or not. No, I went to a theme park with a friend. And what was the most fun about it because it's October. It, it was cold. Friend, it was chilly. He didn't get an invite. No. Uh, we went to Cedar Point for a Halloween event, and we got to ride roller coasters after dark, which you know from our experience in Universal Studios, you know we unpacked mm-hmm. some vacation beefs last week on the podcast, yeah. that we got to ride roller coaster after dark at Universal Studios. And it did. And it hits different. Yeah, it, it does. hits different. And Cedar Point is like the roller coaster. Have you been to Cedar Point? I never have, and it's a shame. We have to go together. Can we I, please? Well, I would have loved to, Zach. I don't know. You just didn't think of you. Uh, yeah. No, we should go and get fast passes and ride all the rides because okay. So we did the Velocicoaster, which was great. That's supposed to be one of the best in the in the world, right? Well, Velocicoaster is at Universal Studios. We rode that. Together. Oh, that one that we rode. Yes. yes. I'm what I'm talking about that you're talking about is Steel Vengeance, mm-hmm. which is better. Wowza! That's crazy because Velocicoaster is still probably the best roller coaster I've ever been on. You pretty much spend the entire roller coaster of Steel Vengeance not touching the seat. Wow, You're just that's hanging, fun. and it is super fun. And it's this wood structure, and the track goes like through the ba- the, the like bones of the wood structure, and does loops and stuff inside. That's cool. So doing that at night and not being able to see anything, Intense. and it was it's right on the water. Um, Cedar Point's on Lake Erie, so wow. it's on a peninsula surrounded by the lake, and the lake made it so dark, and it was a little rainy, so it was like foggy, like cloud foggy. It was such a perfect fall experience. That's really, really fun. fun. Have if you've never been, been to Cedar Point and you love roller coasters, that's like the roller coaster place. Wow, I they've love got roller like ten B plus to A plus roller coasters. Wow, that's like pretty 10. good. Yeah, would Not have loved to be there. Would have loved to go. How many times have you been just within ten minutes of me in Anderson, Indiana, and I don't hear a, a second? A well, second. I wasn't thought. doing anything fun. If I was going to do something fun, I'd invite my friend. Whatever. Let's talk about the good place. <laughs> Let's okay? do it. Can we? May we? 
Yeah. Can we let this pass? Let's be friends for this is a big episode for us. Let's be friends to each other for this one. And pretend like we do invite each other to things Mm -hmm. outside of the podcast. And that we do spend time talking to each other and and working on a deep emotional relationship outside (laughs) of the podcast. Don't laugh. (laughs) Don't laugh. I'm just laughing with glee of all the memories of us and our bonding. Today we're talking about the penultimate episode of season three of The Good Place. second favorite word. What's number one, daddy? Anti-penultimate. It's chapter 38, Chidi sees the time knife. This episode was directed by Jude Wang, who previously... Don't laugh. Wang is a normal last name. I don't like penis and poo-poo jokes it's always I just laugh been pee-pee poo-poo it, we've always <laughs> known that the penis is very much in play if you don't like penis jokes that reframes a lot of what we mm. podcasted about yeah i laugh at names so there's for those who don't know on a previous show that both zachary and i were a part of why did you uh, say my name with such <laughs> disdain uh there's zachary. an infamous episode in which i had consumed some consumables and Pot- the director potables, of said episode was one Robert Schraub. And Rob Schraub sounds like a fake name. And so I laughed at that. But you've got to admit that a penis name is way funnier than Schraub. That's just a name. It just rhymes. It's not really that funny or silly. It just rhymes. What rhymes? Rob and Schraub. Yeah, that's that's a joke name. Oh, my name's Steve Pleave. All right. This episode, Jude Wang directed it. She previously directed Derek in The Jude Brady Law? Bunch. This is Jude Law's final directing credit on The Good Place. And outside of The Good Place, Jude Wang has directed an episode of Dr. Ken, an episode of The Goldbergs, an episode of Crashing. Um, Crashing is Pete Holmes' show that I really mm-hmm. enjoy. And we just scored super last-minute tickets. We're going to see Pete Holmes do stand-up next weekend. Oh, that's fun. In this fun. smallish comedy club in Bloomington. Nice. I've never gotten super deep into his stand-up, but I love his podcast because he comes from a very similar, grew up really religious mm-hmm. and had a lot of parental issues because of it and grew up to really resent it and then kind of went on to rediscover a new form of spirituality as he got older that's different from that and without all that guilt. So I relate a lot to that and I'm excited to see him and, and see him do stand-up. I'm excited. Jude Wang also directed- How many tickets did you score? Just one? <laughs> I mean, Just a single. I mean, Lil's going too. So we got. I guess we got two. I'm sure there's. You know what? Hey, fuck you. I'll turn this around. <laughs> I'm sure there's tickets left. Why don't you buy yourself a ticket and come on along? Ooh, I think I had yeah, to teach okay. a lesson that day. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it. Three episodes of a show called Life in Pieces. One episode of I like Life in Schmidt, Pieces, a show that we like a lot. Four episodes of a favorite of mine, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Two episodes of the Blackish uh, spinoff, Grown-ish. Mm-hmm. Six episodes of Fresh Off the Boat, two episodes of Lil Sheldon, (laughs) Young Sheldon, (laughs) two episodes of iZombie, a show we enjoy, one episode of Shameless, a show that you like to talk about as if it was good. Mm -hmm. Um, She directed a film called Finding Ohana, two episodes of the Roseanne spinoff, The Connors, four episodes of the original Blackish, and then more recently, she's done two episodes of Only Murders in the Building, which is a really big show right now, one episode of the Party Down reboot with Adam Scott and all of those people, and is about to do two episodes of a reboot of like a 90s animated hard rock movie called Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal is awesome. Wait, Twisted Metal is, I'm getting Twisted Metal confused with something called Heavy Metal. What is Twisted Metal? 
Twisted Metal is a video game. It's a video game. There's a show coming out about the video game. Yeah. And Jude Wang directed two episodes of that. Mm-hmm. Not what I was talking about. Yeah. It's okay. This episode was co-written by Christopher Ensel and Joe Mandy. Christopher now that's Ensel... a funny last name. Which one? Ensel? Ensel. Christopher Ensel previously... <laughs> Previously wrote the episode Leap to Faith, and fun fact, Mr. Mm-hmm. Incel's favorite film is Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Wow, I saw that movie in the theater by myself. And yeah, because you are also uh, uh, Mr. Incel. Yeah. So that was all that Christopher Incel did for The Good Place. He wrote Leap to Faith by himself, and he co-wrote this episode with Joe Mandy. Outside of The Good Place, he's done 11 episodes of a show I've never heard of called On My Block, but that's a lot of episodes. Is that the show that's, is that a British show? I don't know. Or is it an, a, a Netflix show? I don't know. I just said I don't really know what it is. I that saw it on IMDb. I wrote it down. That's that's as, as much as I got for you. Mm-hmm. He did one episode of the Fox animated show that lasted a season that probably aired between The Simpsons and Bob's Burgers or something called Housebroken, which was about talking animals. Mm. From I've a seen year it pop ago. up in Hulu. Yeah. And he wrote three episodes of their recently canceled How I Met Your Father. Which oh, I it got canceled? Watch, That's too some bad. Some people said it got kind of good. That's what I heard, too. I'm just not in any way interested in no, revisiting that franchise. No, but I like Hillary But they were going to do an adult-oriented Lizzie McGuire show for Disney+, and that ended up getting scrapped, and she made this instead. I would have much mm. rather got the adult Lizzie McGuire. I'm still fighting for the adult Nights Declassified. I think that'd be fun. This episode, so Christopher Ensel co-wrote it with Joe Mandy. Joe Mandy is a comedian. He's an actor in season four of the show who previously wrote the episode Jason Mendoza, Everything is Great Part 2 last season. He also co-wrote with Megan Amram the episode The Burrito last season. And then earlier this season, the episode The Snowplow. And then I think next season, writes one more episode of the show, Employee of the Bear Me. This episode, Chidi Sees the Time Knife, originally aired on January 17th, 2019. Steven... It's January 17th, 2019 at 9 p.m. It is? Do you know where your children are? I'm going to guess doing meth with their father. What were you doing, do you think, on January 17th, 2019? You know what? Let me see what day of the week that was, and I can tell you exactly what I was doing in 2019. Let's see. We're going January Pre-pandemic, 17th. so like the world was the limit. I actually have written in. Okay, I didn't practice that day, but I did work. Exciting stuff. <laughs> Yeah. A little glimpse in the life of Stephen Baker a few years Truly. ago. Truly. On January 17th, 2019, this episode of The Good Place aired, which spawned a name for the classic podcast that you're listening to right mm-hmm. now. But also, there was a movie and an album that were number one on this date, Whoa. January 17th, 2019. The number one movie is a feel good drama starring Walter White. Ooh. And a and Kevin comedian. Hart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you know what movie it is. Getting better. Good. People, He's like a paraplegic. People. Oh, yeah. Brian Cranston is like a paraplegic author uh, or sunshine, something. Sunshine. Smiling friend. Walking. Smiling. Never friends, walking. No. Roll. It's called roll. the upside. The, the upside. upside. Yeah. See, I was saying positive words. I knew there was like had something with positivity. But you weren't gonna stumble upon the right answer I was by not saying going to. "sunshine." Uh, Did you ever no, see it's this movie? The no, I didn't. It I didn't either, corny. and I kind of wanted to, but I also didn't. Well, let's see what people thought of the upside. Mm-hmm. It's an inspirational film with likable people in it. I mean, yeah. Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart's a pretty good two people mm-hmm. to work off each other. Really like those guys. So, well, I mean, I, I'm not crazy about Kevin Hart, but Racist. I could. 
more about the short thing. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. I just don't buy him as a leading man. Uh, no, I just have never <laughs> thought he's really that funny. He just kind of yells. This coming from a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, such as myself? Yeah. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm i not going to dig myself. He's not my favorite. So when the black guy yells, it's yeah. grating it and obnoxious. It makes me uncomfortable. It's scary. But when the white guy yells. Yes. thank you. Thank you. I just think Charlie's one of the most so characters yeah. of our generation. The number one movie, The Upside. Do you think people liked this movie? What do you think the critics over I mean, Rotten I'm going to guess that it was pretty like a lukewarm reception because I didn't hear a lot about it. Nobody got nominated for anything, so it wasn't that good. I don't think it's really that kind of movie, no. I'm going to say the critics on Rotten Tomatoes Mm -hmm. gave this puppy a solid 56%. It is lower. Ooh, so we're going to look at around a 43%. It is 43% from the critics on the upside. That's not a great score for someone as likable and talented as Brian Cranston Mm -hmm. and someone as rich and successful. Like... (laughs) Kevin Hart, for a while, you put hit as the blockbuster comedy has kind of died, mm-hmm. and you can't make a shit ton of money off of just a comedy anymore. He was we saw that this year with like um, Jennifer Lawrence's movie. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the type of R-rated comedy that might make a lot of money, and it didn't. You put Kevin Hart's name on something; it was dollar dollar bills, y'all, for a Jumanji, while. Jumanji, Jumanji hard. Two. Yeah, Jumanji two was also. So yeah, forty three percent from the critics. What do you think the audience? has to say about the upside. The type of person that would go see that movie and write a review, it's going to be a mix of people that are like, oh, Brian Cranston's in this. I really want to see it. And it's going to be, and people are like, oh, a feel-good movie. Let's go see it. It is Rotten Tomatoes' audience. We've decided based off of very little Mm -hmm. evidence that it's like older people. Yeah. Do you think they like it? Do you think they're more into it than the 43% critics? No, it's actually much, much higher than the 43% critics score. Wow, so even higher than what I guessed. So I'm going to yes. guess 85. Mm-hmm. 81%. That's a, a pretty big difference. That That's might be one of the spread. highest we've had. So let's go over to Letterboxd and see mm-hmm. if they can ground us a little bit. I have translated it to a out of 100%, just like Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. So we've got 43 critics at Rotten Tomatoes, 81% their audience. What do you think the people at Letterboxd thought of I think Letterboxd are going to give this bad boy a... 68. A little high. It was 64% okay, from okay. the letterbox. You were very That's close. That's bad. the upside. The number one album on January 17th, 2019, when this episode was airing, mm-hmm. was still 21 Savages' I Am Greater Than I Was. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the number two album. Are you okay. familiar with a little project called Weezer colon Seasons? I am, yes. This number two album isn't that, but it stylizes the word seasons in the same way. All capital letters, S-Z-N. Um, that this was is not... by an artist that has a really <laughs> weird name with five words. Oh, okay. Let me look up their top tracks while you formulate a response. Five words. That's a lot of, of things for the title of an artist. it? <laughs> This artist has 20.6 million monthly listeners. Okay. Their number one track has 823 million listens. So this might give it away if you're this in the know. The track is called Drowning, and it features Kodak Black. Oh, A Boogie with a hoodie. I love that song. No, it's A Boogie with the hoodie. With the hoodie. My bad. 
a boogie yes, with yes. a boogie. So SCN is in the title, much like mm-hmm. Weezer. What do you think this album was called? Uh, what was it called? Savage Season? No, Hoodie, Hoodie Season. Season. Hoodie Season. Hoodie Season. That's actually an okay album. I really like the song Number Drowning a lot. Number two this week. It's really good. I don't know if Drowning's on that album, but... First, we're going to talk funny. about the more professional publications over at Pitchfork out of mm-hmm. 10. To the 10th. What do you think they thought I don't think of Pitchfork likes Hoodie Season by a boogie with the hoodie. He's not very critically acclaimed usually. I'm going to go, what are they out of 10? To the 10th. To the 10th. 5.3? It's higher. Oh, wow. Is it still in the fives? No. Wow. Okay. 6.8. It is 6.8 out of 10 Ew. for Hoodie Season by a boogie with the hoodie. That's pretty okay. Does that mean he's a booger? No. It's his name is A Boogie. Like A Boogie with but the hoodie. But if he's A Boogie in a hoodie, it makes me think of like the Mucinex guy wearing a hoodie. But like his is name is not this Boogie. Is, is his he name the Mucinex is a guy with the hoodie? Last Steven? name Boogie. Like P Diddy, A Boogie. Uh-huh. Is his last name? Oh, so he's that guy from Big Brother that got a restraining order because he threatened to kill his his friend's kids. Yeah, yeah, Mike that Boogie. One. Mm-hmm. Mike Boogie. He changed his name to A with Boogie with the hoodie. Mm-hmm. So a Boogie would notice. Yeah. Like the letter A, not uh. A Boogie with the <laughs> A hoodie. A Boogie with the hoodie. <laughs> a Boogie. We're saying with the, the same thing, man. I don't know what you're getting <laughs> off on. Pitchfork gave it 6.8 out of 10. The people that rate your music, the letterboxed of music, mm-hmm. out of 10 to the hundredth. Yeah. What do you think? They I think gave? it's still in the sixes. I'm going to go 6.54. You'd be wrong. It's lower. Ooh, then we're going to look at a 5.75. Still wrong. Almost a full one more lower. 4.78. Wow. Out of 10. So that's what I was more for expecting from the pitch Hoodie board. SZN by mm-hmm. a boogie with the hoodie. A boogie with the hoodie. Yeah. I don't know why you keep needing to say He has a cute song that was kind of popular with uh, the singer Khalid. Okay. And bring it right back. Yeah, that didn't give me anything. We can boogie to that. I'm sure it's good. Okay, so let's boogie on over to the next segment. We're Mm -hmm. gonna dive a little closer to our conversation about Chidi sees the time knife. Starting with one of my favorite segments that we do every week, Mm -hmm. and I think it's one of your favorites as well. Those people listening at home, you can see my finger, but I did a point. We're gonna find out. Did Stephen watch the episode this? Week. This week. Is that I had a your thing impression of a boogie with the hoodie? No, I should have. There was a song that Danny was like, "Oh, sing that on the podcast." That's really funny because I was singing it at her, but I don't remember what it was. So and I you told her that we're not allowed to take spec scripts from fans <laughs> because if we used it, we'd have to pay them, and we're not doing that, right? Scabs. Nobody writes this shit but me and Steve. I screamed scab and, at Danny and a team and of Timu children. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> were you real hard on the script. How are you feeling? Do you think you're gonna be able to tell us everything that happens in this episode in I don't know. a timely manner? You got 20 seconds as always. I had a bit of work brain when I watched the episode, so I think I got the gist. I remember the episode decently well. I thought it was two different ones, but it's just one good place doing my favorite thing that it does where it like never diverts you, not the time yeah where it diverts i think zach i'm going to do a good job today let's find out i'm gonna count down and on go you're gonna start are you ready yeah three two one go 
The gang meets the judge at the IHOP. It's really freaky in there, so she makes it look like a normal IHOP so that they don't see the scary slugs. Um, they talk about how they... It's not fair on Earth. So the judge goes to Earth and she realizes it's not fair, especially for black ladies. Then they need to bring Sean in to talk about this because they need to repeat the experiment. So they build a fake neighborhood. The bad place is going to pick four Stop. people. Yeah, I'm going to give you the bad place is going to pick four people. I think you hesitated for a second, which caused you some points. Mm-hmm. But you didn't do I a bad way job. Too slow. You made up for it, kind of. Thank you. But if you had really gotten through that first part, I think you could have hit this one out of the park. Instead, I think we're looking at a B minus. I'll take week. it. Thank you. A B minus for Steven. B minus. On Cheaty Sees the Time Knife. Okay, we got that out of the way. You can relax now. Whew. You're off the Sheesh. judgment table. You can hop on off say. that table. Sheesh. Your diaper's changed. You're done mm-hmm. being judge. Hop off the table. Oof. Hike those pants back up. Now it's time to do some trivia. I think I have like nine questions. I'll go first. I think I have a couple more than that. Wow. What dimension did they add to the IHOP? Uh, tenth dimension. That's the one that Michael reaches through. Mm-hmm. What decision made by humans is singled out by Michael to show how things are complicated now? Buying a tomato. Yes. What shouldn't Tahani touch? The need noggle. The need noggle. Tahani, don't touch the need noggle. That's <laughs> so funny. It's like a Dr. Seuss thing. Yes. <laughs> Where did the judge visit while on Earth? Oh, Tahiti. No. Peru. No. You're close on both of those, but not. Denmark. Yes. Brazil? <laughs> no, but I like Trinidad and Tobago? No. The last one is a joke. Oh, uh, Michigan to the outlet stores. That's not enough detail. Did you have the experience of your mom driving up to Michigan to go, go to an to outlet the, store? The Vera Bradley outlet sale every year? No, but I do pass it a couple times a month on my way. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, uh, I give up. <laughs> the judge has been to Tanzania. Tanzania, not Paraguay. Tanzania. Ah. Vietnam. You missed that one. Mm, I missed you that You got one, Denmark. Probably. You missed Hawaii, although she oh, spent she likes most of her time at the resort. Hello. And you missed that it was a Black Friday sale mm-hmm. at an outlet mall in Michigan. I did. You get that. like half credit. Whew, if that. What is the net point total for buying a tomato from Ooh. a grocery store? I remember the visual. Is it like negative 12,000 something? No, but I see why you would think that. Yeah. it's. I'm just going to – you're, you're yeah, like that, I did astronomically guess. off, but you're close at the same yeah. time. It's negative okay. 12.368. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the Points and commas. I never yeah. got well, depending on the country My parents you're didn't in. love me, didn't give me enough hugs. I never figured that part out. In Europe, they're switched in math. In numbers, they use a decimal mm. for the comma and a comma for the, the decimal. So you're just still on UK time. Yes. I'm so jet lagged right now. <laughs> I was speaking about Cedar Point, uh, Lisbon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My next question for you, what is mm. the time knife? Oh, fuck. It's thousands of realities folded in on each other like a metal sheet blade. It's a trillion. Trillion, wow. Different realities folding into one another like thin sheets of metal forming Mm -hmm. a single blade. You got Mm -hmm. bits and pieces of it, but the trillion versus thousand was really off. I wonder if it's a Damascus. I see why you would think that's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) In the UK. Where was the hypothetical tomato shipped from and to? 
This is someplace bad to someplace worse. I don't remember. I mean, kind of. From Mexico to Indiana. Is it really for, to Indiana? Yeah. How did I miss that? Is it spoken out loud? No, it's on the screen. I it didn't was see a that. pause. Yeah. That's awesome. So it is from, you say Mexico's bad, but Indiana's Parts, worse. Yeah, yeah, Indiana's unequivocally worse. Yeah. Okay, my next question for you. Mm-hmm. How long does the judge give Michael to prove his point? Five minutes? No, different point. How long is he getting for his experiment to prove that humans are good? Oh. To prove that point. Like the big, big point. Yeah, his his point. Yeah. <laughs> like this is from later in the episode. Yes. One month? No. <laughs> Four years? No. <laughs> one human year. Ah, one human year. That makes sense. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Getting down to the brass tacks, the real yes. deep questions. How many jobs was Big Noodle juggling? <laughs> Three. Three. You got it. I definitely remember his whole, because he has got to feed his four grandparents in one <laughs> yeah. bed, kind of a Willy Wonka situation. <laughs> How many ideas does Janet have for the new neighborhood? 11 trillion? Yes. Nice. What do they not like down there, down there being on Earth? They do not like black women? Is that yeah. what it is? Apparently I'm black and they do not like black ladies down <laughs> Did you there. ask me that question so you can clip me saying something bad about black people? And, I hope and so. And you can post it all over Yeah, Tumblr. clip that. Clip that. Somebody clip that. I There's don't know how stuff streaming works. <laughs> I forget people listen to this often. <laughs> how many people does Janet have to make for the neighborhood? A hundred? No. Mm, I don't know. 186. Because ah, they I make one remember. person, and then Michael says, you only need to make 185 more. Mm. What type of porn did the judge find? It's tomato. It's the word tomatoes in it, and it's about sunburn titties. But I don't yeah. remember anything more than that. I I'll, started I'll visualizing it. I'll, Stop be, I'll, be, I'll be sweet and roll that one over what is to it? you. One for people with a sunburn fetish. Mm, okay. But what mm. was it called? That's what she just says. It was a porn site for people with a sun suntan fetish. No, but before that, she says I looked up. Well, she looked up big natural tomatoes, juicy red, juicy tomatoes, big red natural juicy tomatoes, something like that. And you looked up real fast after she said it. Yeah, just had to see. Safe Mm -hmm. search off. What (laughs) is in Derek's last martini? A fuck ton of olives. No, there's one after that. Oh, I oh, is it when he like pops up on Jason and probably. I don't know. I don't remember what was in his hand. It's a whole lemon. It's just one whole lemon. That's incredible. What examples of terrible humanity does Sean list off? Oh, Limp Biscuit and Slavery. Yep. (laughs) One and the same. Basically. I always make fun of Danny because she liked Fred Durst. Yeah, but Danny also likes Blink-182. I know that's going to give me some heat on the street these days, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, not great it. taste. She not it, me. folks. I'm her favorite person on this podcast, so clearly... And Steven is really the Blink-182 of people. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's fair. I've got one last question for you. What are Michael's guesses at how Sean will torture the humans? What are you going to do? Uh, use your penis flatteners or bees with teeth? Why don't you try something original like penises or no teeth flatteners or uh-huh. bees with penises yes good job funny funny scene what else you got what is derek to janet his mommy girlfriend what is derek 
to Janet. Oh, his mommy girlfriend. <laughs> um, um, he's like my baby ex boyfriend, a fifty three year old Cuban beautiful boy. <laughs> baby ex boyfriend is not quite it. You're close though. You were closest with your first guess. Sun rebound booty call. Sun rebound booty call. <laughs> nice. What poet was Derek reciting? Edgar Allan Poe, who got it. That's really married funny. his 13-year-old cousin? Maybe. Was that line in your episode? I don't think so. It might have been. We'll get there. I wrote it down. It's funny. How much prep time does Michael get? Five minutes. You got it. And that's all my trivia. Okay. Good trivia round. It was good a little touch round. and go there, but I had a good mm-hmm. time. I hope you did as well. And now we can finally dive into our conversation of the episode of the show that gives the podcast its name. It's Chidi Sees the Time Knife. This is one of those episodes that I'm a little glass half empty on. Mm. And it's also one of those episodes that's not going to be interesting for me to explain why, because I can't really tell you why. It's just, I don't know. There's some really funny bits. They do some really good play stuff. But kind of similar to how an episode or two ago, when Tahani makes a big reveal of a question, it's like I can see the strings that the writers are pulling a little too much. It doesn't feel – it's almost like something like Arrested Development. You know, in the early episodes, it's like, wow, all of these things are connecting. But by the hundredth time they do it, you see that, wow, it's kind of a struggle for them to make all of these things connect in a way. I don't think they're struggling like that here, but I do feel like I'm just starting to see the strings a little, if that makes any sense. Here's – it doesn't, I know. A I know it doesn't question that I have sense. for you. Okay. Do you remember what happens next? Like, do you remember the next episode after this? Uh-uh. Like, do you remember all four people and, like, I remember... <laughs> I remember, thing? like, I remember, like, two of the people. Yeah, I know for a fact that, unless you've remembered recently, there's... One of the four people that I don't think you remember at all. Well, I think I remember now because we brought up, don't uh-huh. you remember the thing that happens with this person? Yeah. So no, you just took that away from me. Now I do yeah. remember. And do you remember what happens as a result of that? No. Okay. I think the reason why I'm less empty is I you don't know what it's love, leading to. But because some of the things that they like spend what would seem like unnecessary time on this episode, I feel like mm-hmm. are necessary but I, I don't disagree that you can kind of see where this is going from early on. But I think they, they make enough twists and turns to it, even in this episode, that it I, it still ended on a positive for me. I'm definitely more glass 65% full on this episode. Let me try to make another point a little bit better because I kind of biffed that first one. Mm-hmm. I think that the last couple episodes did a really good job of giving the characters something to do to slow down the progress a little bit so we can space this out, while also beginning to discuss some of the really big issues and questions and topics that are going to really weigh heavy on the last season of the show. Yeah. I think this episode doesn't do it as well because it just has everyone sit down and talk about it for the most part. Even though there's some really silly, crazy, zany visuals, it is not as fun for me to, for them to all just be sitting in a room talking about what's going to happen. I'd rather get to what's going to happen. I understand that point. I really enjoyed, if anything, I'd say I like the part of the episode where they're sitting there talking about it more than the half that they're actually doing it. And there's something that maybe hot take... I don't really care for, but I like where it goes. One of the developments in this episode in the moment, I really don't like it and I kind of get it, but I think I know it like the very, very end, very, very end. I get it and it tracks and you could argue that it's been 
But it's kind of like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> a little exactly. bit. Like, it's we'll frustrating for me, but... We'll, we I should like dive the into episode. the episode. Yeah, we'll get to get the end when we get to I, it. I'm kind of curious to see how we both feel at the end of this, because we always usually get a little higher while talking, but I wonder I if it'll it's be possible. the case this week. I think it's possible. I want to open it up by lightly hearkening back to our last podcast. We've done mm-hmm. that a couple of times today. This episode reminded me of the issue at the core of Community's Debate 109 about okay. man, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like you've got Michael on one side and Sean on the other side. I don't know. There are a couple of little things in this yeah. that reminded me of Debate 109, that this 100%. does feel kind of like a debate episode. We've got people that all have points and some good points. Sean's got mm-hmm. some good points. Michael's got yeah. some good points. Chidi's got some good points. Eleanor's got some good points. Jason tries. They give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know how good of a point it is. Mm-hmm. That is one of the things that I like about this episode. Let's dive in. Yeah, let's talk about the episode. The episode starts in that kind of skybridge area that we've seen a lot mm-hmm. where the doorman's desk is somewhere in there. And the group is walking towards the IHOP in this area. We're learning about the IHOP. Jason asks about pancakes. No, it's not pancakes. It's kind of like a grand central station for space and time. It it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's this this area where all of the dimensions intersect. And mm-hmm. it's just an amalgamation of space and time and all of this. And Jason's still stuck on food. And Michael says, no, you can't eat anything there. If you eat these pancakes, you will literally explode. And Jason says, I know, it's IHOP. Yeah, that's a funny line. I think Eleanor gives him a high five after he says mm-hmm. it. Nice. What are your takes on IHOP? Do you like IHOP? I th- I do like IHOP, but I don't think that it's that good. I I think appreciate- Waffle House is better. Waffle House tastes better for sure. I like the options at IHOP. I like that. You I like know all the candy flavored pancakes. See, I'm a I'm a like a four 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 or whatever person uh-huh. with like the that's Wendy's. maybe it's not four maybe it's two two. <laughs> <laughs> what's the thing where you get like a certain amount of like four different things i don't know it's like four eggs four bacons yeah 55 burgers 55, <laughs> 55 fries. fries um i'll say this i like bob evans a lot more than ihop and we have both yeah. in our hometown and bob, bob evans, evans is, is much good. better i like cracker barrel the best cracker barrel's great but they're super racist as an institution well yeah yeah so they when i walk in and they're like what are you doing here, boy? We're not hiring. And I'm like, party for four for Baker? And they're like, I said we're not hiring, boy. So either buy something in the gift shop yeah. or get I'm, moving. I'm sorry I did that. There's again. a Popeye's the across orders. the street. Oh, my God. There is. Yeah, there though. is, though. There is a Popeye's across the street. That's true. <laughs> Popeye's is good. Popeye's is good. You're right. It is pretty racist, isn't it? But, kind but their of like, food's good as shit. It's like Cracker Eleanor later in the episode. There's this chicken sandwich, and if you eat it, it means you hate gay people, and it's delicious. But it's so good. Chick-fil-A Do you Chick-fil-A ever? I don't think Chick-fil-A is that great. I don't like their chicken sandwich as much as Popeye's. I ate Chick-fil-A when we were in college, and there was a Chick-fil-A yeah. in the food court. Yeah, I like their nuggies okay, because I like to mix their buffalo and Polynesian sauce. You just said that right to the face of your only gay friend. How does that make you feel? Zach, you are my least gay friend. I have friends that are married with multiple <laughs> children, and you my game. are the least gay friend Well, yeah, you work in dance. <laughs> People don't get into dance because their dad played catch with you them. You have a South Park poster, a shark, and a Jack White poster behind you. You are the least gay person I know. You take that back. You don't mean that. <laughs> okay, so the IHOP. They're at the IHOP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a Ken Jong behind you. 
They're going to have a little bit of time to talk to the judge in the IHOP without her just instantly retiring Michael and marbleizing Janet because her powers and everyone's powers are limited in the IHOP in this Mm -hmm. amalgamation of space and time. So they're going to plead their case. They hope it'll work so that they can hop to this dimension and hope they don't liquefy. He says something like that. We're just going to try to hop to another dimension and cross our fingers that we don't liquefy and everything's okay. I think it's always funny with ideas like that, how Michael can't see it from the human perspective of yeah. how scary the concept of maybe liquefying <laughs> yourself would be. Chidi's really iffy about it. He's like, oh, no, no, this is, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't, don't want to do that. There. Michael gets it. He's like, yeah, buddy, that's fine. But you know what? Pushes him. William Jackson Harper, this episode has, I mean, he always has great line delivery, but there's a, several standout moments in this episode. And this is one of them for me. This is all bad. I don't want to go. I don't want to. I don't want to go in. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Pushes him through, and Eleanor (laughs) says, "It's cruel but necessary." (laughs) So they all go through the IHOP, and they're in this weird. You can see the TV special effects here. They do a good job. The special effects are cool. That's not the problem. The Mm -hmm. problem is that you can tell where their soundstage is. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? You can see where their stage is and where their realm of existence. Throughout the show, for the most part, the special effects on this show. Because for a network television show, they are better than they should have been for the time. And And that's no different here. Yeah. This is one of the times, though, where I'm like, I can tell that's an actor acting, pretending that that they would be reacting to something, which is fine because that's the only option short of actually putting something on someone or having an IHOP. Yeah. And they're not going to film an IHOP. They're not going to risk these actors lives for a scene. Not worth it. Can you imagine Kristen Bell walking to an IHOP and saying table for two, please? No, no, no. I mean, I've had that dream a couple times, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just me, Kristen, and an IHOP. Can I get you some hot <laughs> water, ma'am? <laughs> Wait, in this instance, you're not joining her at the table. You're I'm the, the waiter. waiter. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ask if you could get her some hot water? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did she say? Did she say yes? Uh, it usually doesn't get that far. <laughs> I accidentally spilled the hot water on myself. You wake up and myself. there's a big yeah. mess. <laughs> yeah. And I'm covered in hot oh, water. Sorry, Kristen. michael pokes his hand through the thing and his hand is big and the special effects like oh look they finally added the 10th dimension okay those permits must have been a nightmare that scene where like his hand is up Uh that's what's happening inside of the hamburger helper glove (laughs) thank you thank (laughs) you a place where there there is no time and inside of the hamburger helper mascot is this amalgamation of space and time the dimensions time knife totally different than what we got going on down there the characters ex- exclaim how they feel about the situation, how weird this place is. Tahani feels like she's trapped in a Diane von Thurstenberg. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Something like that. That wasn't a, a fashion reference I'm familiar with. Yeah. And Jason says, guys, I know what happened. We smoked too much salvia. <laughs> we just need to wait two or three minutes and we'll be back in Pillboy's broken hot tub. <laughs> Do you know much about salvia? A little bit. What is it? I knew a couple people in high school that smoked spice. It's, it's a like plant. synthetic marijuana. It's spice. Yeah, it's like synthetic marijuana. See, because I've always It'll thought really spice was a up. bad thing and salvia can be a good thing. I think they're one in the same, is my I didn't know that. Maybe there's a difference, but it's my understanding that they're For my both understanding, synthetic it's marijuana. always been if you get weed and it ends up being spice, that's a bad mm. thing. And if it ends up being salvia, it's a good thing. 
I don't know your understanding. I just did always when I hear I hear people talk about doing salvia. Mm. I you don't hear people talk about smoking spice on purpose, do you? Yeah, I knew people in <laughs> high school that smoked spice on purpose. I don't Band kids are weird, Zach. <laughs> they like smoke. Tri- is it like a trippy drug? It's like a super intense high. Like people like jump out of windows and shit when they smoke it. If they like smoke too much like i saw a video i remember in high school i saw a video on youtube because that could be on youtube back then of this guy like took like a hit of it and then like flipped out and like jumped through his window jesus christ i feel like maybe inherently somewhere in that person was already like the dominoes to be toppled over to make that happen well he it was like a one-story house i think he (laughs) he he knew what he was getting into i don't know i've never done that one wink Okay, Stephen, wink. I won't tell. <laughs> it's like that Whitney Houston interview when she's like, I don't crack smoke is crack. Whack. Crack is a poor people drug. Crack <laughs> is whack. <laughs> yeah. I would never smoke crack. Yeah, says no one who doesn't smoke crack. <laughs> no one who doesn't smoke crack is worried if people think they smoke crack. <laughs> Truly. <or not. laughs> they just say no and leave it at that. They don't go on a full explanation <laughs> on how crack is a poor people drug. Yeah. And they have far too much money and would and be smoking a much higher quality drug than merely crack. <laughs> we get the little theme song after the salvia bit, and then it cuts to Jason taking a moment to talk to Janet in the IHOP. I don't know if I think this moment's earned. Jason's saying, you know what, Janet? I think I have feelings for you. If I don't double die, and if you aren't (laughs) turned into a marble, could we go on a date somewhere? I don't know. It's kind of not out of nowhere because we've been talking about it Because the whole last episode was building up, though. But I think that because last episode centers on this, on them, but then the whole last third of that episode, we are only thinking about Eleanor and Chidi. And so we kind of forget about janet and jason and so the one of the issues they run into here is they have two concurrent and different staged love stories that are kind of blossoming and it's kind of tough to to keep up with both and keep us engaged in both i guess it's just that i don't think in last episode we saw enough to show like a seed of feelings in jason really but there was this the whole thing like, is like i don't know oh, how so we're I not married anymore this. and he kind of gets sad and he's like so are we still married and she's like yes and then janet's sad i think that he wanted to talk to janet in the first place right. he's the one that like brought it up because I think he was curious about how he was feeling. But it's kind of like, have you ever been in the situation where you find out that somebody has a crush on you and then you start no. to find them a little bit more attractive? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Next, next Never question. Never once. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. No, what? If you're attracted to them or not. When somebody, like, you find out they have a crush on you and you're like, oh, I never really thought about that person that way. And they're like, well, I guess they do have some good qualities. I think maybe that's what's happening with Jason where he's like, oh, Janet and I were married. That's kind of cool. She's pretty and nice and smart. I like all those things. I guess it's not totally unearned. I just think maybe I would have liked a scene of Jason talking to somebody else about his feelings for Janet first. Sure. But Jason's not that type of guy. Jason will go right up to you and, and ask what's up. There's some funny lines about the IHOP from Janet here. Well, there's no time like the present. And here, there's neither no time nor the present. <laughs> and then after he says that he'd like to go on a date sometime somewhere, she says, I'm not a girl. But yes, I'd very much like to go on a date with you somewhere sometime. As opposed to here, which is nowhere at all the times. <laughs> you get it? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny and cute how Janet is this all-knowing being. And Jason is this little knowing being, 
and they understand each other. Janet yeah. says this vague concept that nobody else gets, and Jason isn't able to get lost in the sauce of trying to figure out what she's saying. He's, he's just like, like yeah, sure, okay. that makes sense. Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, time is not here. <laughs> After this little conversation, the judge arrives. Maya Rudolph is back in full force this episode. I think she's very funny. I think mm-hmm. they do less of the kind of annoying things they've had the judge do in a couple of the episodes. I think she's really funny in this episode. She shows up, and she starts immediately by calling Michael a butthead, and mm-hmm. then goes into all of the crimes that he's committed and chastises mm-hmm. him. What all did he do? A lot of things. A Lied lot of to things. her, took the only key to Earth. The only uh, key to Earth, which is such a silly idea that it's the only <laughs> key to Earth. And then he says, well, I promise, no more rule breaking. What are you doing right now? Did you just take a book that's just for counts? Okay, no more rule breaking after this. Starting now. It doesn't dissuade the judge at all. But she gets distracted when she sees Chidi, who's still in the sexy mailman outfit. Mm-hmm. Which I get it. How can you be mad with Chidi around? Dressed like, as hey, a that, mailman. That's working for you. If things ever don't work out with Blondie, you know who to call. This bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that all the her being into Chidi jokes, I find all of those funny. Well, because we're all into Chidi. It's so yeah, easy to it's understand why. It's very relatable. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tahani is discovering the horrors of the IHOP as she's like, oh, my God, what is this? And we cut to her. And this is a piece of bad CGI that I think works for the joke. This is like weird, glowy, green, huge slug that's on her. Yeah. And the way that there's no explanation of what a need noggle is, what it does, just that you do not want to touch it. Do not touch it. It chooses to be on you, and you just got to let it do its thing. <laughs> do not touch the need noggle. We don't understand, like, what the need noggle will do if mm-hmm. Tahani does touch it. It's just clear that, like, Janet's freaked out about it. Michael's freaked out about it. And a good don't rule of thumb is if Janet freaks out about something, it's probably pretty serious. Oh, yeah. And Chidi is definitely freaked out even without knowing anything. Mm-hmm. This is when he has his bad. This is all bad. <laughs> the judge is like, oh, my God, you guys, babies, such whiners. So she snaps her fingers and it changes from the interdimensional hole of pancakes or the international hole of pancakes to an IHOP, kind of, because they of. don't have the rights to IHOP. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine them sending this script to IHOP and saying, can we feature one of your restaurants in, in our show? <laughs> and they get to need noggle and they're like, I don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't fit the IHOP view. No, it, it does not reflect the views of IHOP and its associates. Remember when IHOP did that thing where they were IHOB? Yes. Because they wanted people to get burgers. That was really yeah. fucking stupid. You ever I get a burger that. from there? No. <laughs> well, fucking IHOP. Is, if they had just been like, hey, IHOP revamped their burgers. They're better now. You would have tried it. But Absolutely. when they're like, no, we're a burger place now. You're like, get fucked, IHOP. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, bring me my fucking Joe Jr. or whoever the fuck the name of the little kid's Rudy pancake Rudy Tootie Fresh Yeah, and give me my fucking Rudy Jr. chocolate chip pancake or I swear to God I will shit in this booth. I was a of indeterminate sexuality preteen. I know <laughs> what the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity is called. It's what I was called by my teacher my entire <laughs> sixth grade year. <laughs> So they're in the IHOP and everyone's calming down a little bit, but it's important that they realize that they're still in the IHOP and everything just looks normal to them. It's just like a VR thing. That's still the need noggle on your neck. It's not a cute (laughs) scarf, Tahani. Oh, 
And then it's oh. fun <laughs> to think every time you see Tahani that mm-hmm. the need noggle is still there. Which I think she does a the really good job of every really once stiff. in a while just like being really like I'm scared to move and she doesn't like accidentally touch anything while acting either, which I think noggle. is really really good by Jamila. She is. gets really stiff after he says it's still the double in and she says, Wonderful. so the judge sits down they're gonna talk about michael's plan it's time for him to reveal his big news and he kind of recaps what we learned last week that it's Mm -hmm. become so complicated for humans to be good and that often what is perceived to them as good behavior is tackled and brought down like in the tomato case by so many unintentional bad decisions made by that one decision such a genius idea because i do think it's We've talked about it a lot, that uh, as people all the time, we have to make these decisions of what evils am I willing to just overlook? Mm -hmm. Because it is impossible to do the right thing for all of them. You kind of have to pick the couple that are most important to you and be educated. You can Not that people can't adapt and change, but it is impossible to never engage with something that causes harm. I think that in a really smart choice by the show was leaning into the fact that the system was broken like the bad place people are bad but they didn't do this this is just the issue with the way things work because over time things need to be re-looked at and changed and adjusted because it's not the same world that it was in 1776 even like 50 years ago it's not the same you know in the words of of the musical artist Yay, which is always oh, a dangerous go way to Dylan. start a sentence. I would never. I know. <laughs> but you'll still stick with Kanye. You're still on the Kanye Listen, train. He's, he's not looking as bad lately, Zach. I'm not in the know. What happened? Oh, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> this is what happened. This is off pod. Well, the whole. <laughs> So let's pick this up. I just want everyone to know that Steven just told me why he still supports Kanye West. It was terrifying. It will not be played in the podcast. I can say all kinds of accidentally on purpose racist shit, but what Steven just said. Well, that's got to go. Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Hot takes. Hot takes. There's no right thing to say. Sure. (laughs) Suddenly my walk in the the footprints of Jesus trip to Israel is like a political statement. (laughs) Two sets of footprints he was carrying me. One okay. set of footprints he was carrying me. Where did we get to that from? Me. Oh, yeah. Bad people. That's how we got to Kanye West. <laughs> yeah. The system's broken. The schools yeah. close. The prison's open. Let me take you in the bathroom stall and the show me why you deserve to have it says, all. You your know big the line, revelation Zach. is life is complicated. That's a divorced woman's throw pillow. <laughs> That's a fucking bar. That's great. <laughs> But Michael says, no, it's not that. It's more than complicated. It's more than that life is complicated. It's that the point system is pointless mm-hmm. in this world. Nobody's gotten in in 500 years, which the judge isn't that bothered by because these are all lifeless beings, much like the people who make the decision yeah. in our democracy. They're all these <laughs> lifeless ancient beings. The judge mm-hmm. says, I had a nose ring for 500 years. 500 <laughs> years is nothing. I mean, this guy chose this tomato. Those are the consequences. You don't want the consequences? Do the research. Buy another tomato. What else you got? Like, I mean, sure, that's technically right. You know, if you don't want to do bad things, learn the right thing to do and don't do bad things. But it's a very hard 
opinion. You know what I mean? It doesn't leave any. It is. I mean, how many points would we be losing for just doing everything this we say on this podcast? A yeah, shit ton, I'm bad. We were. You fucked. just said Kanye isn't looking too bad right now. <laughs> Didn't he just release Jesus is King Two? Well, I don't it got think he's leaked. looking great <laughs> for the Jesus stuff. <laughs> I hope that Kanye goes to the bad place, but only for his Christianity. That'd be wild. <laughs> Him and Bob like, Plot both. twist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who do you think would win in a death battle between Bob Dylan and Kanye West, both in their prime, both with bloodlust and with all feats? I don't know. If Kanye can turn into the bear, I'm taking him. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I guess. But Bob Dylan, like, well, I, I don't think know, Bob did Dylan like shit tons of heroin. Pacifist. And I don't think he'd alive. do anything. He's bloodlusted, though. So He's bloodlusted. Max okay. power. Yeah. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> I don't know. Bob Dylan is, I don't know. Bob <laughs> Dylan's song about the Gaza Strip. You don't know that one? No. It goes. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the judge isn't that impressed by what Michael's saying. She thinks that bad is bad. People are bad. What else do you have, Michael? <laughs> Michael says, oh, I've got one more thing. And he starts flossing. How do you think the joke of Ted Danson doing the backpack kid dance, how do you think that holds up in 2023? Like, it still made me laugh and smile because it's Ted yeah. Danson. But it's also like, I don't know, the Minions did this. I think the joke's dead. And it is one of those weird things that dates the show mm-hmm. in a different way than its typical pop culture references. Yeah. What do you think about Ted Danson? I philosophy? think it's a net one. So it's sure. not a net zero. I, I think it edges slightly positive because it's Ted Danson. Yeah. But I don't do love the joke, even for the time. The judge says, what are you doing? And he says, I don't know. It makes now, what's happy. funny is Maya Rudolph's face as he's doing it. That's how she's <laughs> like. Chidi speaks up. He wants to talk about philosophy. He's got an idea of what to do here. And he brings it up a couple times, but he keeps getting interrupted. Not yet mm-hmm. by the time knife. Here it's by Jason, who interrupts him with a story about his friend from his dance team, Big Noodle. Big Noodle! What was Eleanor's fake dance crew member name? Do you remember? It wasn't worse than Big Noodle. I don't remember. It, it was something, though. It was like uh, something Tony, right? Stank Tony. Stank Tony. The good pull. Jason interrupts GD and he's got this story about Big Noodle and how he had to work three jobs on top of being in the dance crew to support his four Willy Wonka grandparents who sleep in one bed. (laughs) I don't remember how this ties in, but I wrote down the line that he says that possession of a non-fried vegetable is a felony in Jacksonville. Well, because he said, you know, so I never got mad at him for being late to practice. He didn't have time to research tomatoes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Plus, possession of a non-fried vegetable is a felony in Jacksonville. But apparently Jason actually has a point, even though it sounds Mm -hmm. like Florida nonsense. The judge doesn't truly know what humans go through because she's never had to be one. Much, again, like the ancient aliens who are running our democracy. They don't know what it's like to be a person. They've never been a person. That's why Uncle Joe Biden goes to the ice cream store to give all the babies a kiss to show he's (laughs) one of the folks. So Michael suggests that the judge, you know, go check it out. Go be a human for a second. See how hard it is. It's not so easy when you actually do it. And I think this is kind of a corny line, but Michael says, and you know, if it doesn't work, you can zappy zappy marble marble. Oh, that's not in mine. So the judge agrees and she decides that she'll go just to prove the point and that one way or another, we're going to end this thing. So I'm just going to go. We'll figure it out and get this over with. 
And she says, but do you guys know where I can get any good Mexican food? Oh, Mexico, <laughs> duh. And then she disappears and goes to Earth. Mm-hmm. For a second, everything's still. Michael's like, no way to really know how long she'll be gone. Yeah. And instantly she pops back in. Oh, God, that place is a <laughs> nightmare. And it is. Earth is a mess, y'all. Woof. Also, I guess I'm black, and they do not like black ladies down there. <laughs> That's, That's such a funny line delivered by Maya Rudolph, who maybe yeah. not everyone knows that she's a black woman. So for the judge maybe, who yeah. wouldn't know that she's a black woman to realize this, she doesn't even know what a black woman is. And all of a sudden <laughs> she is one. And that's bad <laughs> and for some tough. reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. So she agrees that this is bad. That was awful. All she needed to do was step foot on Earth and something needs to be figured out. Everywhere on Earth is awful in a different way, whether it's your <laughs> Denmark or your, uh, what was it? Tanzania. Tanzania. Or the Black Friday in Michigan. It's all awful in a different way. This is a deep line when she says, no matter where you go, it's either hot and crowded, yet also cold and lonely. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is. Yeah. She thought that she'd get down there and it'd be easy to do good and to make a good decision. But immediately she ended up looking at sunburn tomato porn. Mm-hmm. So Michael then says, yeah, you get it. That's problem number one. Now we can tell you what problem number two is. Even if you do make the good decisions like Doug Forsett, mm-hmm. you don't gather the points anymore. Eleanor brings up here the fact that there's a chicken sandwich that means that you hate gay people. And it's the best chicken sandwich. <laughs> And Chidi, is this moment in your episode? Because I didn't get it. When Chidi pipes up and says, yes, and also I'm probably problem number three because of philosophy stuff. And the judge says, Chidi, you are nobody's problem. Does that have the way he says that in your? I don't remember. Ex- I remember In my episode, the... he's like, and the worst part is I spent my whole life yes. struggling over choices and trying to decide and i still ended up in the bad place so problem number three is that if you overthink all your choices and you do consciously say okay what's this sandwich gonna do what's this represent what's the company do then you're still gonna end up in the bad place i'm realizing i misread the judge's response wrong she's saying the like hey honey you're yeah, not a problem. You're nobody's Don't problem. Don't worry about it. The way that mm-hmm. she delivered it made me think that she was like being mean to cheaty in that no, moment. no it saying, was very flirty like you still don't have to read signals again nobody's ever had a crush on me I don't know what it's like. <laughs> she always thought that she was an all-powerful, all-knowing judge. But now after going to Earth, she learns that she's all-powerful, but she's just most knowing judge. Mm-hmm. There are things that she did not know. So they've got to figure this out. She sh- she summons Sean to the table, who's in mid-sentence, as he's torturing William Shakespeare by describing the plot of the Entourage movie to him. And I knew exactly so what funny. scene, because I've seen the movie. You've seen funny the Entourage scene. movie? Yeah. Funny scene. I don't think I've Ronda seen Rousey. a moment of Entourage, but I do own all of it on DVD. I haven't seen all of the show. I've seen a lot of the show. Danny's seen all the show. I kind of feel like if you walk into an FYE, they just hand you Entourage, the complete collection, like as a, yeah. as, as a door prize for walking through the door. Hey, I used to love FYE. They have anime stuff. The judge brought Sean in because she needs the bad place to weigh in on this idea that she's starting to formulate that we'll learn a little bit more about later. And to make it fit the situation, she changes the scenery once more into a conference room to make it a little more business casual. Did you happen to notice that once the setting changes, if it's still a scarf on Tahani's neck or if that changes at all? She still has the scarf, yeah. She still has the same scarf. Mm-hmm. This takes everyone by surprise because now they're in these chairs and you kind of see the way that like it it really fucks them up to all of a sudden everything around them is different. Yeah, but especially again, the sitting part. They're like. <laughs> but again, remember, be careful. It's the IHOP. Super dangerous. 
And the judge starts the conversation by suggesting that maybe humans aren't as bad as they thought. And Sean has a really good rebuttal to that. Mm-hmm. Counterpoint, humans are terrible. Limp biscuit, slavery, the prosecution rests. Thoughts on Limp Biscuit, Stephen? Bad. Yes. That's it. Bad. That's all. Yeah, what does Sean Not say? Good. End of sentence. That's the yeah. <laughs> the prosecution rests his case. Mm-hmm. But Michael believes, no, yeah, that's all true. You can't argue with that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't tons of humans who are trying to do the right thing and getting really close to doing the right thing, but they're not able to because of the system that they've been thrown into. But Sean says, no, they're not good at being good because they're bad. This is what's reminding me of that debate 109, because Mm -hmm. there are valid points on both sides. If you're a pessimist and you believe all people are bad and you have these arguments of like, look at all the bad things people do every Mm -hmm. day. You can't argue with it. People are pretty fucking bad. And sometimes it seems like even the ones that you thought were good are also bad Mm -hmm. and maybe we are all bad and it's just in there and you can't fight it but there are the michaels of us which side do you lay on are you more michael or sean i think that people are inherently good and because of circumstance are easily turned to having a negative impact i don't know if i think people are inherently good i think that everyone is capable of becoming good or bad yeah, I agree with I that. I think everyone kind of starts off as a blank slate. But mm. pretty much the second you come out of that hole, it's all starting to it, there are well, things one of the first things that babies brain. learn is is lying because they mm. learn that like it's a is a whole neurological study where as soon as babies learn that like certain actions get them certain mm. like cause and effect if then I cry, they start I get lying. what I want. If they throw something on the floor, if they do that, then they learn like that's that's like the first lie that people learn. It's like a couple months in that babies are cognitively able to do that. Even before they have a sense of self, they are able to determine that this action... To deceive, to get what they want. Yeah. And we're all super capable of it. And I think, mm-hmm. to an extent, everyone does it sometime. Yeah. I do it every day to you. Yeah, I'm constantly lying. I don't even have a job. So then Michael brings up, well, then why did these four humans get better every time? Uh, Sean says that it's a fluke, and maybe it is. There's no point total. There's no proof. But every single time, across hundreds and hundreds of times, they find each other, they get better, they want to get better, and they but strive to But it was also these four people every time. Well, that's the point. That's, mm-hmm. what we're, that's what we're getting. Yeah. So Chidi has an idea. He stands up and says, that's it. But before he can say anything, because he forgets for a moment that he's in the IHOP mm-hmm. and not in a, in a business casual setting, he stands up and is sucked into another dimension. We mm-hmm. see him then become a very small, tiny cheaty that's being like shot from dimension to dimension across mm-hmm. the room. Everyone starts freaking out. Eleanor's really upset. She says, will someone please grab my tiny boyfriend? And Janet, finally, boom, catches him, throws him back down <laughs> in a chair, and he becomes big again. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this girlfriend Eleanor mode? Is it a little corny? It's cute enough. You think it's cute enough? If you just Maybe got just boned by love. mailman Cheaty, you'd be up his ass too. Like, I know that that man's not tiny. What's going on here? Yeah. Like, Eleanor, this Eleanor has not had sex in, like, three years. Like, 300 years. Well, sure. But this on Earth Eleanor that then has been transported here. Because she went to fucking Australia. Who was she banging down there? Nobody. Yeah, we saw what it was like when she just simulated a dinner with Simone. Yeah. So this Eleanor is like in euphoria right now. <laughs> like so the of show? course she's gonna be super boy. Yeah, she's she's addicted to drugs. And that drug is sexy mailman cheaty. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's my drug of choice. So Chidi's full size, and we see immediately yeah, he he's very frazzled. <laughs> he just saw <laughs> some shit. Yeah. Not just some shit. He saw the shit. He mm-hmm. saw the time knife. It's such a funny moment because – he just saw, like, the universe crumble. He just saw, like, the the answers that he still didn't know, and he saw the destruction of all of the answers of the universe. <laughs> he just saw time and how it how bendable and breakable it is and also how dangerous and weaponized it is. He saw everything in one moment. But because this is this cheaty who, I don't know, he's... He's been pushed through the IHOP door. Mm-hmm. He's he's put away his anxieties so he can get with a pretty girl and be like a rock for him. Chidi can look the time knife in the eye and it can distress him, but he can put it away because he's got a good idea and a good plan that he needs to get across to this table. His delivery of, well, as I was saying before, I saw the, the time, time knife. knife? <laughs> It's so freaking good. That it's, and Michael's, oh, well, yeah, the time knife. We've yeah. all seen oh, it. Oh, we've all seen it. <laughs> That's someone who's done way too much salvia. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, the time knife. We've been there. Been there before. But Chidi's idea, he puts that aside and he says that they got better because in their, even though it was a bad place, they removed all of those complicated decisions from the real world by being in this utopia of sorts. Yeah. Eleanor brings up, you're right. There was no rent. There was no racism, no sexism. Tahani says something about there being no award show gift suite publicist infighting. Yeah. I don't quite get that because well, it's I'm the not the publicist fighting in the like award show, like the goodie uh, bag suite, like over who gets what for who their Who gets person. what? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I've never been in that situation. Clearly you have. Oh, all the time. I'm the publicist who fights. I show up, fake badge, and I'm like, no, my client gets the bag with the iPhone. No, my client gets the phone with the iPhone. I fight with myself so that no one fucks with me, and then I get, like, four goodie bags, take them home. GD takes the scientific theory and confirms, Sean, what you're saying, sure, maybe we're a fluke. Maybe it's because it's the four of us. What do you do when you've run an experiment and you want to see if your facts, your numbers are the same every time, you repeat the experiment a bunch of times, or at least more than just once. You try it once, and if it mostly works, you tell everyone that's what it is, and you refuse to change your mind. That is what got me a B-plus at the science fair at (laughs) Liberty Christian School. But when you're, like, trying to form a new afterlife, I don't know if it works that way. Sure. So Chidi says that they should do it again. They should take a page from Simone's book and recreate the experiment like she did when they were in Australia. But this time they're going to record the point total so they can literally look at the progress that they're making. It's kind of mixing the original neighborhood idea with Janet and Michael going through the ticker tape and keeping up with the progress once they were back on Earth. We're going to get four new people. We're going to see if it was just these original four humans or if truly people will band together and Mm -hmm. attempt to get better so there's going to be new humans a new neighborhood new scenarios and they'll see if they did what the original four did if they do it's proof that the humans are not bad full stop end of story yeah like sean says at one point but sean thinks this is so stupid and one of the good things about this that takes us to our real world politics is that the two sides are never going to agree they're mm-hmm. always going to have like a ping pong match of, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? But here in this scenario, we've got the judge who's able to step in and say, no, this is how it's going to be. And you guys just have to fucking deal with it. Sean thinks that they're never going to agree on where they should put this neighborhood place. It won't be the good place. It won't be the bad place. And here's where Eleanor has an idea. Cut to them arriving at Mindy St. Clair's house, her opening the door and Eleanor saying, hi, Mindy, we need your backyard. 
You were talking earlier about this kind of feeling like two episodes. Is this what you're talking about? Yeah, I think this is where it splits into almost a different episode for me. And not because I think that it's totally removed or separate, but it just feels like the the halfway point of the episode, it felt like the latter half of an episode, and this feels like the first half of an episode. I agree. And they always do weird stuff like this with the ends of seasons and yeah, beginnings of and seasons, I don't, don't they? I really didn't care for it the first time, which was uh-huh. the end of season two and the beginning of season three. And this yep. isn't quite that jarring because it's not a season-long break. It's just going into next week's episode. But I remember how next week's episode ends, and I think that the season ends on a high. But I think that here, I, I don't know. I just feel like the trans, like I'm fine with where we go here. I just was left kind of wanting more at the end, which I don't think is a bad thing for a show to do because they want you to want to watch the next episode. And right. if there's a show that's great at that, it's The Good Place. Oh, yeah. I don't know. This is That's kind of the, my, my main issue with the episode is it just feels like two half episodes, but maybe not two halves of the same episode. In the second half, Mindy opens the door and immediately asks, well, why do you want to use my space? But then goes right mm-hmm. to, why am I asking? You know what? I don't care. You can do whatever you want. Just leave me out of it. And please keep Derek busy. You can talk to him. Like, you if you want to talk to somebody, like, him. leave me alone. Go talk yeah, to fucking Go talk Derek. to Derek. So Jason says, who's Derek? And mm-hmm. we cut to this. This was funny to me because it feels like the common romantic comedy where you sit down with your new partner and say, that's my ex and he's going to be around because of this. But instead, they're talking about her rebound booty call son (laughs) boyfriend thing. Yeah. So Jason and Janet are talking on the steps and Janet's telling him all about how she made Derek to get over her jealousy of Jason and Tahani getting married. And Jason's the one that coins the phrase. He's your Mm -hmm. son rebound booty call. And Janet's yeah. like, well, no, but kind of, yeah, I guess. Sure, he's my son, rebound booty call. But he doesn't mean anything to her. And he, he never really quite worked the right way. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about him. I think she says he's a buffoon. And suddenly Derek walks out quoting poetry. <laughs> how should he love thee? Or how deem thee wise? Who wouldst not leave him in his wandering? Oh. I didn't see you there. I was just reciting some Edgar Allan Poe. Hi, I'm Derek. Welcome to the medium place. I think my favorite Derek might be martini twirling, suave, trying it's to look so cool. funny. We've all done that with exes when you kind of get, I feel like if you've been dumped and maybe for a reason or maybe like you feel like an idiot because of it. So you really want to look like, no, I'm not what you thought I was. I'm really smart. I'm really cool. I'm the life of the party. Have you been in a situation like that or have you never been dumped? <laughs> I I have. I just don't think I've ever like had to been keep around, around that person, the person that dumped me again. Well, that's where we're different. They never, never saw my face again. again. Yeah. That's where we're different because (laughs) I do rub it in their face a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I've been around exes, even with a new significant other, Mm -hmm. but I just did my best to avoid acknowledging their existence. Instead of grabbing your ass in front of them, Zach, I decided to to be respectful and only twirl yeah. my finger Our in your hair. Ten year high school neck. reunions coming up. I think we should <laughs> really have some fun with it. Yeah, I think so. This is the line that you mentioned not being in your episode earlier. Derek walks out quoting poetry and he says, "Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. I was just reciting some Edgar Allan Poe. He went crazy, married his thirteen-year-old cousin, died of rabies. Hi, I'm Derek. Welcome to the medium place. I think that was he, in my episode. He starts blowing bubbles into his martini. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that all was in mine. I just, okay. you know, 
Jaina asks what's going on with him, and this makes so much sense, that Mindy found a way to reboot Derek. He says mm-hmm. Mindy found a plunger in her backyard, and whenever <laughs> she presses it, he starts over again, and every time he's different, he gets smarter. And you can see that this has become like a real burden and a hurdle for Derek to overcome because he starts talking about how you know she'll just do it any time like maybe she wants some time alone maybe she's bored she's done it trillions (laughs) of times half a million is that what it is half a million Mm -hmm. he nearly has a fully grown penis now it's both resplendent (laughs) and mostly functional good for him but then as he talks about all the reboots he like laughs at a joke that he makes and then he looks off painfully in the distance (laughs) Derek. So they all head inside, and we see for a second Jason has this really cute – he shakes his head, and he's like, mm-hmm. what the – what is this? Because yeah. finally Jason gets to feel like the smart guy. Finally, he's the one that doesn't have anything to worry about. Like, who is this fucking dweeb? <laughs> so the judge is making the plan. She has Sean and Michael sitting while she lets out the rules, how this is going to work, the new neighborhood. Michael's going to get to design the neighborhood, but the bad place is going to get to pick who the four humans are. But they can't just pick awful people. They have to be mm-hmm. about the same level as bad as the original four humans were. So no people that f- that formed a boy band, which makes Sean really Managed mad. a boy band. Managed a boy band. Because you know that story. Gustavo Fring from, boy Me- er, from Big Time Rush? No, there was a... I don't know enough about the story. One of the... Either Backstreet Boys or NSYNC had this manager that was, like, the reason why they got so popular, but who Mm -hmm. was deeply, deeply abusive and, I think, like, a sexual predator. Oof. Which is very much what this joke was about. Yeah. No boy band managers. And Sean's like, oh, drat. Because that was his (laughs) first idea, probably. I'm sure. And Michael isn't going to get all of the information like he did before. He's not going to get all of their folders before the experiment starts. But he can adapt to that, and he can change the neighborhood as he sees fit after he meets the people. Of course, they're both disagreeing to this, which makes the judge feel like it's a fair compromise. (laughs) Yeah. Which I think it is a pretty fair compromise. I think this is a creative direction for the show to go in because i I think it is pretty evenly balanced because they get to pick the people and michael gets to make the world it might be a little bit slanted in in the good direction in the good direction direction. yeah but not so much that it's like vastly unfair I think this is part of the episode where it all comes a little too easy to just be like, okay, this is what I decided. This is what we're Mm going to do. Here it is. Here's the thing. Well, but both Sean and Michael do respect the judge as an all-powerful authority. They may not always want to listen to what she says, but they do know that she trumps both of them. I just feel like this is one of those scenes that could have been an email. I don't think we needed Mm. a whole episode for them to make up this plan when all it is is the judge says, okay, here's the rules. I came up with it. Here they are. Yeah. This could have been like a a scene. I don't know that all this needed to be one episode. So now the next question is, how are they going to fill the neighborhood? They Mm. can't use demons again. They won't use good people because Sean says, over my dead skin suit will they use good (laughs) place people. And the cute Derek, who comes in to offer some medium snacks, and he's here with the fancy martini. This is the one that's just a shit ton of olives. Which, which is my dream. Good. I yeah. like olives, yeah. Me too. Janet gets the idea from this that look at how far Derek has come and how far Janet has come. Mm-hmm. She can make people. They'll be like Derek, but better. She can make them a little more fully formed. I think this is what gives an edge to Michael because Janet isn't impartial. Yeah. She can She's make these people – I think it's the same as good place people because mm-hmm. she can make people that are going to help them out. I'm surprised Sean doesn't have a negative thing to say about that. They agree to it. Yeah, I feel like Janet could have made 
people that would be a bit more like encouraging for someone to be really good as opposed to the demons whose whole job was to make them question everything right. and, and torture them. So that is a little bit extra slanted towards a good place. I feel like if I remember correctly, Janet just kind of makes a bunch of NPCs that are very nothing. You're but... probably right. But I feel like the good place people, if they had used good place people, they're useless. Yeah, they're I think that useless. would have been worse for them if it was good mm-hmm. place people than Janet babies. But no, absolutely. the neighborhood's going to be filled with Janet babies, and they're going to have <laughs> one human year to prove their point. The judge will be monitoring everything. She'll be able to see it all to make sure nobody's tampering, either from the good or bad side. Mm-hmm. And Michael and Sean agree on this, and they shake. But Sean's got a joy buzzer, so it buzzes Michael. And then Derek <laughs> high-fives him for it, and he gets a little buzz too, which is funny. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite moments in the episode after this when Michael is in the empty backyard and mm-hmm. he's looking and kind of blueprinting and thinking about where he's going to go with this. And I feel like we see the beginning of the seeds of how the episode ends here, that he's really nervous about this one. Mm-hmm. The first time he did this, it was fun yeah. because it was torture. This time, it's heavier, and he wants it to work for different reasons, and he has to have it work for different reasons. It's not just about career advancement anymore. It's about the human race advancement. It's really heavy, Mm -hmm. and you see that as he's beginning the plan and how detailed he is in it, how that's leaning on him really heavy. And I think it's a really great moment. You know, Janet pops up just as he begins to call for her, reassures him, and Janet steps in when Michael needs someone for her to say, you know what, I have ideas. We'll build Mm -hmm. a basic neighborhood. I've got a few ideas, 11 trillion, a few ideas, actually. (laughs) And that reassures Michael, and it's the sweetest moment in the episode when he says, I'm glad you're here, Janet. And Janet, in maybe the most human delivery she's ever had, gives her, me too. It's so sweet. I literally looked at Danny during that and was like, the reason is friends. It's so sweet. Like, it's, I love that. So her first idea is a restaurant, and it's literally the bones of the season one neighborhood. And this is one of those bits of special effects that I think work, the way that that familiar building just appears out of nothing. Well, and I love the, like, restaurant name here template. Like, if you've ever played any sort of game or any, like, basic word art where it's like, your name here. Like, mm. you just fill in the blanks. Like, it very much looked like that kind of font that was supposed You're to right. be replaced. It was bright. I, I thought that was a really clever touch. So the world begins to form. And we see the, like, cubes as it becomes a body of water. And we see, like, the land. And we see a rainbow. And it becomes this whole ecosystem. And also we see the recreation of Eleanor and Chidi's OG season one house. Mm-hmm. I have some mixed feelings about some of this. I feel like we've gotten such good farewells to some of these settings that I don't know if it's totally worth bringing Bringing some of the specifics back. back. I get Eleanor's reasoning behind it. I I don't know how I feel about it. And it becomes less of a thing because the main, I feel like house goes in a different direction is yeah. Are are not necessarily Ellen Eleanor's house. So I think that there's other places that we end up spending more time next season and this I think is a mixed that bag. that's the only reason why I'm okay with this it. This scene for me. I like the idea that we're going to get to see Eleanor and Chidi like, mm-hmm. run a domestic life for a little bit. But it feels very much, to talk about community, like the type of thing that Abed would freak out about and say that the characters are spinning off. Yeah. 
Because literally Eleanor says something. Well, first she's like, you know, this is where we fell in love. I figured why mess with success. And then she says, I mean, this house is stupid and lame and I hate you. And she says, I love mm-hmm. you too. And it's really sweet. But it's like th- they start talking about, oh, I don't know. We're just going to get to hang out here and bond and we'll live a normal life. And it feels like the the setup for a cheaty Eleanor spinoff sitcom of them living in a house as a married couple. Well, and I think that's place. very intentional on the show's part. I think it's a little corny. Like that. They get to hang out and study philosophy, have sex as they speak over each other. And mm-hmm. we see that their revolts are, their revolts. Their revolts are, are worse. Their revolts are versing. <laughs> I think it's a little corny, whether it's intentional or not. I'm a little bit like, no, no, I don't know. I think unfairly, I remember very well where this goes. And mm-hmm. I think that it's a clever setup. And that's what a lot of these arguments we're having are not arguments, but mm-hmm. I, I'm watching it from a perspective of remembering the big moments in mm-hmm. season four, but not remembering the plot of season four. Yeah. And I'm excited to get into season four. We're getting mm-hmm. really close to it. And this season even, I misremembered a lot of this season. It's been even fun though to you dive did back into it. two weeks ago say, Yeah, we're at a plateau right now. I think we are. I said I was half empty on this episode. <sighs> I still think snip that this, snap I, snip snap snip snap Zach. You're back. I think and this forth. episode Every is a step down from last week's. Sure, but last week's was arguably our favorite of the season. No. Oh, the week before last. I'm talking about what? <laughs> what was the last episode? Last week was the Book of Dugs. Yes. And you liked that more than Janet's. No. Check the tape. We can't remember what we said five days ago. <laughs> you can't remember it. what you said five days ago. I, the recapper in the family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. recalls. <laughs> <laughs> the watcher. Knows. Cut to Janet making some Miss Piggy noises as she's struggling to create new people. She goes, and it sounds like <laughs> Miss Piggy karate chopping. And she creates Daphne, our first NPC that we see. And I love, like, Daphne appears and, like, wakes up all bright. And Janet says, Hi, Daphne. I'm Janet. I made you. Great. I'll wait for your instructions. Thank you for making me. Bye. And Bye. Leaves, no questions. <laughs> just total NPC. You're right. And Michael here is really working Janet hard. You can tell it's, like, wearing down on her. Because so Michael says, Okay, Janet. You just need to make 185 more people and then the lakes, the mountains, the endlessly rolling hills, and then you're done. Oh, but did we decide yay or nay on worms? Are we going to have worms? What do you think? Okay, we'll just make a million worms just in I case. I think maybe that was cut down them. a little bit in mine. That's, That's funny. Because like, Janet's being really overworked and Michael's mm-hmm. so detail-oriented that he wants Janet to make a million worms just in case they decide they need worms. Yeah. And they could just do without. You don't need worms. You could just do without worms. So Michael leaves. He's going to check up on Janet in an hour, and it gives Jason an opportunity to step up and tell Janet that she's doing a really good job and to kind of show her her worth and to give her a reassuring smile. But bad boy James Dean, martini, whole lemon, swigging Derek (laughs) steps in to show her his worth. He can help her do stuff that Jason can't do. Derek has Janet powers to an extent, Mm -hmm. and he can help Janet create people he says you know you're working so hard but with just two shakes of a lamb's Derek, we can make all kinds of people you and me so he gives jason his martini with a lemon in it and says here hold this for me buddy and he and 
Janet hold hands. They start making sex noises. Like Janet goes back to grunting and, and Derek oh starts saying, like, oh, yeah, right there. Yeah, that's it right there. He's just totally <laughs> flexing on Jason yeah. by saying all of these things. But he's also Derek and is flexing in a Derek way. It's very sexual and they're straining a lot. And while they do this, Derek says, so who are we creating next, Janet? And Janet says, I don't know. I was thinking Cuban, 53 years old. Let's do one of those. And they start grunting and stuff. And then the man appears in between them while oh they're God. grunting. Is that not in your episode at None all? None of this. All of a sudden, the guy's standing behind him. And Derek in his Derek voice goes, oh, there he is, our beautiful 53-year-old Cuban baby boy. <laughs> oh, my God. While they're like sex grunting. It's really wow. funny. We go back to another setting that we've seen a lot. It's that outdoor setting where they picnic sometimes, like around mm-hmm. the orientation area of the neighborhood. And the group are chilling in their old stomping grounds and spending a little time together before this all starts. And Janet shows off that they've received a gift basket from The Good Place. Was this in your episode? Not at all. This whole scene, okay. That's why I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Janet says, we've got this gift basket from The Good Place. And it, it's a long line that I didn't write down but it Mm -hmm. ends up being from the committee to send michael a gift basket and (laughs) eleanor takes the wine out of the basket and says give me the wine and michael says he's gonna head to his office to prepare for the first person waking up Mm -hmm. and jason says remember michael if this doesn't work there's always next summer And (laughs) and then jason says this is cute he says i'm kidding guys i understand what's going on and janet says do you and he waits for a second and he goes yeah that's really cute it is cute yeah, it's not in mine at all. It goes right to the office. Yeah, and in Michael's office, the phone rings. It looks like it's the judge, but when he answers, it's a prank, and it's Sean. He's calling to intimidate Michael because Sean's really confident with the subjects mm-hmm. that they picked and that this is going to fail. It's going to cause Michael to fail. And because of this, Sean's already focused on the next thing. He's not worried about this experiment. He's worried about how am I going to torture these humans when I get them in a year. And his plan is getting really sinister. Let me guess. They're going to be tortured with penis flatteners and bees with teeth. You are so predictable. Why don't you at least switch it up once in a while? Try using teeth flatteners and bees with penises. Now, which way is worse for the teeth to be flattened? Like, or... Well, they're pretty flat that way. I think you're, like, crushing them into your Not all of them, though. Not your molars and such. No, mine are. They're flat. They're so... (laughs) (laughs) They're flat. I haven't been to the dentist in a decade. <laughs> but Sean's on to bigger and better ideas, although he does write down teeth flatteners and bees with penises while Michael's not looking. He's going to save that one for later. He's designed a Michael suit, and he's going to torture the humans with a Michael suit. This is a pretty classic twist, I feel like, where mm-hmm. people get captured and they think that their friend is the one doing it without yeah. seeing that they're being tortured too. And they don't know that they don't know and all of that. And that's what they're going to do. <laughs> Sean says, you know, the boys down at R&D told me it couldn't happen. I couldn't make a Michael suit. So I made it out of them. <laughs> And it's Vicky in the Michael suit. I love seeing Ted Danson play Vicky in the it's Michael funny. suit. The voice that he does, the way that he's like fidgeting around and kind of uncomfortable mm-hmm. in his skin. You are disgusting. disgusting It'll be Michael that's going to let out the swarm of penis bees to the humans when they're tortured. And this is spiraling Michael even further. It's all lying on him and if he fucks up he's gonna pay for it in ways that aren't even up to him the humans are gonna hate him the afterlife is gonna continue to be fucked and it's really weighing down deep on him now here's what i'll say because i was like okay i get michael's upset at this concept 
But if he really thinks it's going to work, he doesn't have to worry about it. So is his fear more so that specific punishment? Or is it just that, wow, if I fuck this up, I they're going to be is. tortured I for think eternity. it's, wow. I, I think he thinks there's more than zero chance that he does fuck yeah. this up. Because every time he was torturing the humans, he did kind he of fuck up. it up. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I think mm-hmm. it is a little corny the way that the episode ends but i don't think the reasoning why it happens is yeah corny I well think and i that think works. there's been a, a history of showing that michael freaks has, out has really bad anxiety and has <laughs> panic attacks and just shuts down what do i when do he with has the sweat them. do i do i lick it off do i <laughs> no matter what michael says even if he preps the humans that they're going to be tortured this way sean will just use the memory eraser that michael created mm-hmm. to keep the humans from knowing what will happen then he signs off with the classic sean uh bye bitch bye bitch <laughs> and <he leaves. laughs> cue the countdown subject one will be waking up in five minutes this is the end of the episode i actually mm-hmm. think the sequence works pretty well yeah. i think after the episode kind of being everyone sitting around for a while that not quite being my thing as soon as you put this timer on and stuff's really moving and michael's got to figure the shit out and you can feel his stress and anxiety i really like this section of the episode eleanor's grilling michael as he's looking over the folder of the first human john but michael's a little flustered and jittery and can't really get through all the stuff that eleanor's asking of him because things didn't really go great the first time he ran mm-hmm. a neighborhood and he's not exactly sure what to do this time to make sure that it does work. Eleanor in classic fashion, she's trying to talk him down but trying to be a little funny about it and says we'll do it like I did when I was in school. The Eleanor Shellstrop not studying and then doing the best you can with very little knowledge and just winning at a C plus Shellstrop <laughs> style. Which makes Michael smile, but he's still, like, stuck in his thing, okay? So he's freaking out. The time's counting down. Eleanor takes a peek outside the door to see John, Mm -hmm. who's asleep, waiting to be awoken, and she calls it creepy. I think that's a cool angle to see of Mm -hmm. that, of of him, like, just being lost in the primordial soup. Mm -hmm. Just quiet, just eyes closed. And Michael's decided, based on the folder, that he's going to go with neighborhood plan G48-119. He's obsessed over all these little details and the things that he needs to do to make this all work. But Eleanor, once again, tries to calm Michael down and says, dude, all you've got to do is tell him he's in the good place and get him to Tahani's party. That's all you've got to do today. Take it one step at a time, and that's it. She says, we trust you. We're your friends, and your friends will always trust you, which also triggers him because he knows that if he fucks it up, his friends won't trust him anymore. Eleanor's kind of telling him that even if you fuck up, at least you've got us. But now Michael doesn't have that anymore. If he fucks Mm -hmm. up, nobody has anything. So with too much writing on him and with the countdown hitting zero and John waking up, Michael, it's time for him to go, and he says, here I go. (laughs) I go here. And I'm gone, which is kind of corny. But he crumbles to the ground as John, I like this, he's awake and going, hey, what's going on? Knock on the door. Hello, what's up with this? Eleanor doesn't know what to do. I do remember what happens next with this. Mm -hmm. But this moment of panic ending the episode, I think works pretty well as a cliffhanger. Is Michael going to bring his shit together? Is Eleanor going to have to go out and pretend to be Michael? Is John going to figure something out by stumbling into the room and just ruin this from jump? That's Mm -hmm. where we end the episode before we go into the season finale next week. And I think it's a great moment to end the episode on, even if I don't love the whole episode. I like the moment at the end. I just... If I were Eleanor, I'd be really pissed with Michael. Like, I'd be oh, really sure. frustrated because I'm like, don't fuck this up for all of humanity. 
That's not how having anxiety works, though. I mean, when the panic sure, attack takes over, I get it. you don't have a say. He's a magical, all-powerful being. Pop a, a Xanax and go talk to the guy. <laughs> you know? That's fair. But, That's but, fair. but at the same time, I think that it is earned and I buy it. I also question why wouldn't Michael have had Janet nearby to, like, I don't know. I think because they're setting up something with Eleanor needing to sure, sure. take I, a spot of leadership. You know, but I hear you're saying. Yeah. I, I think it's just frustrating as somebody who I'm like, I want Michael to succeed and do great. But I do, I do like where this goes. I'm fine with it. Well, I don't remember everything where this goes. I'm excited to get to mm-hmm. next week to watch Pandemonium and to talk about it. But now that we've talked through this episode, I don't think this is one that I feel a lot higher on after talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. It's not my least favorite of the episode. It might squeak into my bottom three of the season. And part wow. of that is just because The Good Place is such a good show that mm-hmm. to give an episode that title of one of the bottom three, all it has to do is not be my favorite compared to all the others. Sure. Like, I've left season three at this point feeling higher on it than when I started to complain about it. Mm-hmm. I think like 11 of the 13 episodes are really, really great. Mm-hmm. This episode I think is just one of those time wasty episodes. Do you think this is bit. worse than donkey Doug? No, mm-hmm. it's not my least favorite of the season. Yeah. But it might be number two or three. Wow. Stay tuned. Not next week, but the week after to find out. But as we finish our discussion of this episode, before we put the discussion to bed and put myself to bed, I'm getting a little sleepy. Mm -hmm. Good place, bad place. Who's going to the good place? Who's going to the bad place this week? Let's start with the bad place. And I'm going to throw it out here. I'm going to begin with the need noggle. Wow. Why do you get so comfy and just stay there the entire time? You can leave. Are you telling me that if you had the power to wrap mm. yourself around Tahani Al-Jamil and just exist there while they're working on something? Well, you not wouldn't? if I also held the power to do some terrible something to her if she as much touches me. Well. I don't know. I don't think any... We don't know what would actually happen. Is that my happen. bad place? Let me think. Is that my That's bad what you place? said. That was the answer. You yeah, said, it's the need okay. noggle. We're giving it Well, noggle. I'm gonna going to give mine to another bad-behaving curiously powerful character mindy st Clair this week gets my bad place she's in it for two seconds because yes, of how she treats Derek. because she how she treats Derek and yeah. killing him and rebooting him she's kind of that a many abuser. times like sure it does improve them when they get rebooted but it's also like killing them and them being reborn and she murdered Derek half so a many million times. times that's pretty damn bad that's a good choice the more we see of mindy st Clair. The less her charity stuff before she died matters anymore. Like, I get why she was going to the bad place. She should go to the bad place. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's a good call, and I didn't think about that. So I guess I'll noggle it up with the need noggle. Mm-hmm. As for the good place, I think I'm going to give it to Chidi. I wasn't sure that you would. I think I am going to give it to Chidi. Because from the background, he's having to deal with so much. And he's come so far that he can, like we said, he can look at the time knife. He can stare it right in the eye. He can have the concept of time shatter for him. Mm -hmm. He'll have his classic cheaty freak out. But just for a second, so he can get back to the task at hand and come up with the whole fucking idea that's about to save the afterlife. It's cheaty for me this week. I think honorable mentions this week go to Eleanor and Jason for me. Maybe a little bit Janet, but I'm going to give my my good place to Chidi as well. I yeah. think he has the bright. He plants the seed. He sees the time knife and is then able to articulate an idea. Something that much most better than us. Your, yeah, you know, we've seen the time knife and look at us trying well. to articulate an idea. It does a not mess. go well. 
But I think Chidi has a really great episode. I like how confident he is. I like how he is this new... He's the Chidi that we saw in that flashback, but even better. And I really mm. like that. I like that Chidi's using his experiences to the benefit of the group. I like it. Good answer. That's our conversation on Chidi Sees the Time Knife. It is the episode that gives our title the podcast. I love... What? Our ti- I said Woo! it gives our title the podcast. Zach's a little sweepy. It is the episode that gives our podcast its title, and even if it's not my favorite episode, I think it will always hold a very special place in my heart, Mm -hmm. because that joke of the Time Knife is hilarious. I think our podcast title, Into the Time Knife, is awesome, and I'm glad that this show gave us this title. I'm glad that Cheaty is the character that gives us the title. Me too. I do wish it was in a slightly better episode. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, next week, we're going to be back to talk about the season three finale, Pandemonium. Steven remembers how it all wraps up. I don't remember how it all wraps up, and I'm very excited to dive into that next week. I'm excited to cry. But before we get to that, if you want more Zach and Steven in the week between, if you want to listen to our conversation on Pandemonium right now, head on over to patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast where you can get early access of that right now. Finish season three with us before anybody else does. You can also get our That 70s Show rewatch podcast, The Basement, which is still going through the second half of season one right now. You can get You Can't Disappreciate Show stream live every week. All kinds of exclusive content just by supporting us a little bit, starting at $5. Or now you can join for free. You can get a taste of the Patreon life for free at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Steven, where else can they find us? You know, if you want to fold us into thousands and trillions of realities and see our metal sheet blade, Steven go follow and us. I have multiplied ourselves <laughs> on top of each other so many times that we have formed a single blade. When we make sweet, sweet, sweet love, it just looks like the shiny, bright light of a blade being plunged through another blade. Taking sword fighting to a whole new level. Uh, it's more like <laughs> it's like that scene in the Beat It music video where the guys tie their wrists together in knife fight, except uh. we are the knife and the rope and the wrist. Did you tell people our handles? I stopped listening after Not yet. Beat It. Uh, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Time Knife Pod. At Time... Hey. <laughs> well, you weren't saying it. Hey. <laughs> At Time Knife Pod is the yeah. is the handle. Uh, make sure you go and check out the video campaign. This is a great week to do it. Check out my Timu Why? merch. Brought Why do you to you say by that? Timu. What makes this a good week to do it? I don't know. We were animated. I showed I showed my soft stuff whale, and that okay, is fine. That's is fine. that a euphemism? We'll check out we'll the YouTube video to find if out. If you haven't watched the video to see our good friend Gooby, I mean what Gooby. Are you now we Let's both have videos. a aquatic being. Wow, Gooby's is is a is a sight to behold up close i think that's what i imagine every white person's great grandfather looks like oh yeah oh yeah big time that's what we got the name from from jar and all great grandpa gooby nice but yeah come check us out watch the videos Mm -hmm. follow us give us a like share it with your friend you know it costs zero dollars to share this podcast with a loved one brings us so much joy that you listen to our shenanigans, that you give us a reason to talk to each other like this, to riff bits once a week and to revisit our favorite shows and for you guys to watch them and talk about them with us. It really brings us a lot of joy. Thank you for listening to us. Continue to support us. We really appreciate it. Steven, get us out of here. From inside the time knife that Chidi saw, Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. You should have said...
<laughs> I'm not done with my bits. Just wait. What should I have said? Tell me. Something about uh, finding out you're a black woman and sure. mattering. I don't know. Yeah. There's something there. Forget it. Uh, roll it again. Roll it again. I'll stop talking. I'll stop fucking this up. That's We're... not a clean enough read. What else would we what do you need to hear? It's again? not you. It's me. I want to scrap so me making charm. a bit that doesn't work. Like the first one better, but okay, I'll, let's hear I'll it. do it for you. Okay. From inside the oh time. Oh my god. Oh my <laughs> From god. From inside the time knife that Cheaty saw. Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. We love you very much. We'll see you next week. Mm, Have a good one. Bye, bitch. It's all about-